Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Thank you that we have you as our Father, not just as our God. And Lord, we thank you that we have you as a good, good Father, not an absent Father, not a dead Father, not an abusive Father. And we thank you that you have been that Father to us throughout this year. We love you, Lord. And so, Lord, we ask that as we will still stay in the mood of thanksgiving and prayer, that as we come to hear your word, that you once again, for the last time this year, speak to us. Speak your word to us. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ. You may have your seat. No, 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 stand, not too quickly. Let me just read our, the text for today, all right? And then we'll have our seat. And it's taken from Luke 9, verse 51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Let's have our seats. Once again, welcome everyone. Thank you for not traveling so that we don't have too many empty seats. Um, but Thank you for, um, for being here, and um, it's so nice to see us. As I said, just as I was praying, we are still going to dance. We are still going to, the, the, all the rest we've done is warming up, actually. All right, so the main one is coming after. But we're going to pray as well, but we should get into God's word. Now, one of the things I found out in, our, in my traveling is that if you go to other parts of the world, particularly in the Western world. You know the most attended services of the year? Yeah? Huh? I said other parts of the world, particularly the Western part. Actually, in fact, let me first tell you, there's no watch night service in many of them. The watch night services is done by Nigerians that are there. But it is Christmas or most of the time Easter, right? Easter services. Why? Because, you know, many of those places, they once had a Christian past, a Christian history. So at least those who would say they don't really go to church all the time, but they like to, as a cultural um, badge, they like to call themselves Christian. So I don't really go to church, but I go on Easter and I go on Christmas. It's like Christmas, you know, well, not the Christmas day, but for Christmas carol services. So I was actually stunned when I go back to Nigeria and realized that is not the case here. As we all know, what is the most attended service of the year? Huh? Crossover. I remember growing up, you know, back in the day, you know, um, I, I want to be careful. I don't want to reveal too much of my past. But uh, there was a kind of, among many people, among many people, basically the new year was, what you would do is this. Ah, we made it. We made it. Bola, we made it. So you drink right, for making it, those people, 
all right? You drink for making it, you start around 10. When it's now like 11.45, I'm not talking about that former club. If you know it, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> but 11.45, ah, you're not like, man, Omo, we need to enter in with God to the new year. You understand? So what you then do is you just look for one church. It doesn't matter. You know, it can be Anglican, it can be MFM, it can be Sele, whatever. You stagger in like 11.56. You understand? And at that point when the man of God has gotten up and blah, blah, and boom, happy new year. Everyone will be like, oh, well, I'm going to make it to this year. At least I started with God. <laughs> and that's the thing about the crossover, really, is that there's a sense of which of trying to enter in with God. Now, we also have the other things that have now become associated. It wasn't like that in the past, but now it's become a staple, which is on that watch overnight, um, the man of God has to come up with the word for the year of prophecies. So it's become a huge tradition. I remember there's a church member here, I will not call the person's name. That person told me that from the day he was born, he cannot remember a December 31st where he has not been in church in the night. That there's no, it's never happened. In fact, last year, even though we hadn't started formal services, we were meeting, and you know what happened? Because last year, Sunday was 1st of January, right? Sunday was 1st of January. So when we came in for our Sunday service, the people at the hotel came to me and said, ah, what happened last night? I said, what happened last night? They said, what happened now? That they set the hotel for us. I said, what, why? They said, ah, for our watch night service. But we didn't tell you we having watch night service. They said, no, but they assumed. Are you sure people are not a cult or something? You know? <laughs> now, as I say, sometimes what could happen is, if we are not careful, we can start to mock people. You may think you're very, very intellectual, you're very savvy, and all these people are just doing these things. But we, we are not into tradition. But well, there's a very, very serious point, very, very serious reason why this happens. And the reason why is very si simple. Let me give you one word. It's called rhythm. Rhythm. You know your favorite beat, your favorite rap song. What happens with, the, with that rap song? Maybe it goes, there's a particular beat. Do, 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 do. Now, what happens after that? You hear it again. Do, 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 do. And after that, what happens? Do, 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 do. Now, what if you had do 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 What's the problem with that? The problem is that you don't have anything repetitive. The repetition itself builds that rhythm, and all of life is rhythm. That is why we sing in our song. We sing verses and what? That's why, even though. The Premier League is already over as of now. What are we all saying? Arsenal fans, Liverpool fans, Man U fans, Chelsea fans. What are we saying? Next year. next year. Why? Because you know that next year there's a cycle that keeps coming up. Life is all about rhythm. Six days you work, but on the seventh day you will rest. Rhythm. And it's something that has been built into the fabric of the world. Look at what God says in Genesis 8.22. As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest... Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So rhythm is basically this cycle, cons consistent, repetitive cycle of life. Now, but for you to move from one part of that cycle, one part to another part, that is what we call a transition. 
When we are going from the chorus to the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, that's the rhythm. But when we move from chorus to verse, we have a transition. When we move from one job to another job, we are transiting. And oftentimes, transitions force us, they almost make us feel like we have to do something. I have to do something. As I'm crossing from one to the other, especially if I have a little bit of space, I have to do something. Okay, that other job I was a bit lazy, but this other one, I'm going to do better. What is made up, what makes up this transition, the, the thing that we like to do during transitions is reflection and resolution. Two words. Reflection and resolution. I said with the job, you say, I wasn't that well, I wasn't that hard working on that job, reflection. But in this job, I'm going to now be better resolution. And so transitions are very important. In fact, this is the first of a three-part sermon series that will just take to transit into the next day transition series. But I want you to think deeply about that because when we think transition, reflection, we are basically having a mind exercise on the past. When we think of resolution, it's a mind exercise on what? The future. That's even why we say New Year resolutions. Now, if we actually do our resolution, our reflections properly, and come up with resolutions, the best way to take those uh, resolutions is to capture it all, to keep it, for us to be really committed to it. If I have 28 resolutions, most likely, I, I can't even, I won't remember all of the 28, right? I can't even remember all the names they gave me at birth. I think they're like 28. You know? Those days, I don't, they don't do it again. Now, we just like to, you know those days, you say, your name is Toby, Femi, Yemi, Kemi. These days, what do we do? We say we give them three names, but we're still fixing the same number of letters. Ore of Ejesu Tofumi. Ah, ah. Now, if you do, no, some of you have it. Oluaki, Ishi, Kiniko, something, I don't know. Or like a friend of mine whose name, this one is Igbo, but it's not Igbo. You know, all Igbo names are English, their first name. His parents called him Fountain of Life. <laughs> Fountain of Life. When the guy was about 18, he sat his parents down. We need to talk. <laughs> this, 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 this camera. So they call him Fountain now. All right? Anyway, back to Luke. Because I don't know where I am. All right, if we do our reflections properly, and we come up with resolutions, here is the best way to ensure that we give ourselves the best chance for those resolutions. You know what it is? We capture it in a theme. A theme. That is, we bring all of this together, we put it in a theme, because the theme is short, it's memorable, and it keeps us back to all those things that we said. Now, yes, sometimes some people like to go a little bit too spiritual and divine on it, right? If you get a theme, if the, I think the impulse for creating a theme is what some people would then say, well, they had an 18-hour vision, and then God gave them the word for the year. And so we kind of put it on bumper stickers and all of those things. Now, if you, some of the ridiculousness of it, or the prophecies come, but the prophecies are put into a particular thing, never mind that this man of God's prophecy contradicts the other man's of God's prophecy, and yet both of them spent 12 hours with God. Let's leave all of that aside. The issue is this. If we reflect properly, and we come up with resolutions, 
The best way to keep that resolution, something that we can hopefully attain, is to capture it in a thing. Therefore, without any kind of visitations from angels, or without any special fasting that brought certain divine things, we have a theme for next year, 2018. Yeah, this, I can hear that. I say, Femi has sold out. He has sold out. We knew we were going there. Whether you like it or not, we have. 2018 is the year of focus. Tell me what, get the design ready. Bumper stickers being printed out, you can pick up. Now, let me, let me say this well. I want to be very careful with this. That's why I gave you the background. I'm not saying 2018 is the year of focus for the whole world. I'm not saying 2018 is the year of focus for the whole of Nigeria. It's not the whole for the, for the church. For, it's not even, in fact, it's not necessarily, if you don't want to take it to the church, don't take it. It's not. Here is the thing, though. I've had the privilege of being able to pastor people, all of you, well, most of you here, for the last one year. And in deep reflection, in counseling both, in preaching, in just talking, in trying to say, going into the new year, there's something I want us to focus on. And if you think about it, to help you capture whatever resolutions you come up with, that is why we come up with this. I think it's a healthy practice. It may not even have to come from here. Maybe you and your wife together come together and say, this is one thing that we think I want, or you yourself. But in order to have resolutions that, are, that emerge from deep reflection, because if you are not reflecting, in fact, Socrates said that the, the on, um, what? The unexamined life is not worth living. If you're not reflecting, then what kind of person are you just going on with the wind? So if you do your reflections well, what emerges out of that is a resolution. But in order for you not to just give it a resolution that makes no sense, takes you nowhere, achieves nothing, what should you do? Put it in a thing. And I think one that's really important, based on my time with you guys, is focus. Now, there are four things I want us to learn about focus. One, destination. Two, determination. Three, dedication. Four, designation. Destination, determination, dedication, and designation. I'm sure you don't even know the order now. You just know that there's a D and an Sean at the end. All right, don't worry. Let's start with the first one, destination. Now, in this text that I just read, Luke 9, 51. Notice how it opens. It says that, I can't even find my text now. Oh, okay, it's here. It says that as the time approached, hmm. you see, Jesus here is actually in transition himself. As the time approached, the Greek word there is not chronos or kairos, but it's hemera. Hemera is a period of time. As the time approached, there's a time that is approaching, a period of time. For what? For him to be taken up to heaven. So there is a time that is approaching for him to be taken up to heaven. Now actually, if you study the book of Luke, Luke gives us six time blocks, not yet, six time blocks to identify Jesus' life here on earth. Six time blocks. The first, this is the sixth of the time blocks. The last one is, that is, the time he's going to be taken up to heaven. Heaven, you actually see that at the, the final four verses of the book of Luke, right? 24, 50 to, 30, uh, to 
uh, 53. It says in one of them, like verse 51 says, while he was blessing them, he left them and he was taken up into... So he, that, that's the final one. But at the very beginning, so if you call the last, the sixth one heaven, the very beginning, call the first two, one is origins, and the other one is what we can call Galilee. Origins is basically one, chapter, verse 1 to 1 to 4 to 13. And origins is everything from his incarnation to his birth to a bit of his childhood to John the Baptist's ministry and then finally to um, the temptation by the devil. The temptation by the devil. After which, the next time block is what we can call Galilee. Because immediately after his temptation by the devil, he starts to minister in Galilee. So if you read 4.13 and 4.14, you'll see time block 2 change to time block 3. Look, listen to this. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. 4.13, second one ends. Uh, first one ends. Then 4.14, immediately after, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everybody praised him. So at the end, he's taken up to heaven, first time, last time block. The first one is beginning or origins. The second one is Galilee, his ministry in Galilee. Now the fifth one, the one before the last, is what we find here. Now, remember when it says, it says he was, the time approached that he was going to be taken up to heaven, what did he do after? He set himself, he set out to Jerusalem. Huh? Are we together? It's just one verse. I didn't give you eight verses. He set out to Jerusalem is number five. Jerusalem comes before the time that is taken up to heaven. And certain important things happen in Jerusalem. But notice it says, when the time was approaching for him to go to heaven, number six, he set out to Jerusalem, number five. But what did he do? He set out. He was in Galilee, and then he was going to Jerusalem. So the fourth one is what we can call journey from Galilee to Jerusalem. And that is basically from chapter 9, uh, 9 verse 52, all the way to, uh, let me see, 19 verse 40. Because in 19 verse 40, you now see him, he's now approached Jerusalem. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. That's 19 verse 41. That's how he starts Jerusalem ministry. Uh, when he gets into Jerusalem. So you see those first five. So what's happening? What about, what are we trying to have I left out? Number three. And number three is basically this transition between when he finishes in Galilee and now he wants to start the journey to Jerusalem where he's then going to be taken up to heaven. Are we following? And that's what we find in this verse. 951 is that transition. And because of this transition, in this transition, Jesus shifted his focus. He was in Galilee, but now he what? He's focusing on Jerusalem. He brings his whole mental, his volitional faculties to change his destination. He was going to heaven, but first to Jerusalem. Now, 
Jesus knew where he was going. Heaven, but then Jerusalem in the transition period. Question is this, do you know where you are going? Now, when I say where you are going, uh, obviously, I hope you are all going to heaven, Abby. But I'm not talking about that. Now, I'm thinking about this more paradigmatically. Because aimless, non-focused living is life without any defined destination. If you want to show me someone that is aimless, what are you doing now? Well, well, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, I, I, I've got a couple of things. Anytime you hear somebody say, I've got a couple of things, he doesn't know where he's going. He says, bros, where are you going? He said, you know, just a number. I'm, I'm, I am, um, um, I have the number of things that are just going on. Bros, there's nothing going on. He's not going what? Anywhere. Now, one thing I have to, you have to see is this. Heaven was the larger goal. Jerusalem was the shorter goal. Remember, it was the time approaching not for him to go to Jerusalem. The time approaching for him to go to where? But because he was going to heaven, as he was going to be taken up to heaven, he, was, he set up for where? Jerusalem. In other words, you have to have goals. You cannot go into a new year without having goals. If you do this, I can tell you, as I said, people who are aimless or you will never understand what personal purpose. Why do I, what am I doing here? Not, you are born, we know that. But why are you here? What are you adding? There is no purpose if you don't have what? A defined goal or destination. As we find ourselves in 2017, today marks a transition. You are transiting from 2017 and you are transiting to 2018. If you don't have goals to focus on, if you don't have an intentional narrative, because a narrative, you have a beginning, you have a middle, and you have an end. If you don't have an intentional narrative, you know what's going to happen to you? Life. Life will happen to you. Life will set its narrative for you. And what does life have? Life has disruptions. It has distractions. And it has circumstances. I've seen people who are always defined by, so how far, what's going on now? Yeah, the economy is bad. You know, it's hard. I'm not saying that on the pulpit. Stop feeding me. This one. But you, when you ask them what's going on, they will constantly tell you every single bad thing that is going on. You know why? There is no set goal, no where you are going in your life. And so what happens is that you listen, your ears are filled to all the things that are going around you to help you define your life. At the end of that kind of year, the kind of life, at the end of the day, you really don't achieve anything that is worth noting. I'm not talking about until they put it on CNN. But just a sense in which I have, you are, you'll be taken up here, down, left, right, center. So let me first challenge us with this. What you must avoid in 2018 is not setting goals. You have to set goals. In fact, by the time I start seeing you later, and as I start seeing you every time, all of you, I'll be asking, what do I go for? What's going to go for 2018? Now, when I say that, what do I mean by setting goals? I want you to do two things. I want you to set larger goals and then set shorter goals. In other words, you don't exist for 2018. You exist for longer than 2018, isn't it? But if you tell me that my goal, my, my main goal, my, the only goal I have, is to totally transform the healthcare system in Nigeria. Okay, how? 
the healthcare system in Nigeria needs transformation. That's why I'm here. Okay, I understand, but how? I didn't know I meant to answer that question too. Okay, by prayer and fasting, because that one, the problems in the healthcare system in Nigeria, this one goeth not out. Yeah, okay, but at least that's giving you a show. So, so some people, they are going to pray and fast for the healthcare system in Nigeria in 2018, amen? <laughs> but I mean this very seriously. If you don't break this down, if you don't set goals, I can assure you, it, you will not achieve anything. Why? Because you have no destination. You are not going anywhere. If you meet me on Monday at home, and you say, why are you at home? I say, because I'm not going anywhere. Monday is the day I don't go anywhere. Do I achieve anything? Well, not really much. I, 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 the couch, at least, is very nice. You cannot go anywhere without having a destination. People don't just enter their car and just start driving. If they do, we always question what is wrong with that person, isn't it? Now, when I want you to set the goals, I also want you to do this. Can you set goals that are clear? Don't write a paragraph. In fact, I check some of the best companies in the world, right? Most of their statements, real statement, 12, not, nothing more than 12 words. Can you state your, the larger goal in your life, more than, not more than 12, 12 words? It could be two or three statements, but no more than 12. Why? Because the clarity brings about focus. Now you say, ah, but, you know, okay, now this is becoming too inspirational for me. Okay, do you know that Jesus, Faye, do you know that Jesus had clear goals? In fact, Jesus had a big goal, a big goal. He was God's chosen Messiah. But he could say it in very clear terms. The Bible is full of it. Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? Well, listen to what it says. The reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Bam. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Bam. I have not come to call the righteous, but I have come to call sinners. Bam. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Oh, they're not catching it. <laughs> One more. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Do you see these things? Why do you think Jesus was quite sure about where he was going? Because where he was going was not 18 different directions. His father sent him, he came to do one thing, and he could tell you exactly. Pilate is asking different questions. He wants to know what truth is about. Are you the king of the Jews? Are you this? I want you, blah, blah. He, he's almost, he was looking for a shrink. Let's be honest. That's what happened. Pilate was looking for a shrink. Jesus didn't have time for that. Jesus knew where he was going. I came to bear witness to the truth. People want to take him direction here. Come, we want to enthrone you as king. I came. These people that are Pharisees, they like their self-righteous, Abi. Don't worry. The physician, uh, I didn't come to save the righteous. No problem. Just continue. I came to save those who are sick. Define where you want to go. Now, if you see in this table, for instance, your short, your long-term goals could be, table, long-term goals could be something like this. I want to raise godly bright children. Or, I want to improve healthcare in Nigeria. Or, I want to reduce child slavery in Nigeria. 
Or I want to beautify the world and people via African prints. Or I want to be a better Christian. A better Christian. Short. Now, these are more long-term goals. You don't achieve this in a day, in a month, or in a year. You're not going to suddenly achieve that in 2018. I know about not raising bright and godly children. It's not happen it doesn't happen in one year. So the next question then I would ask is, so what will you do about it? How would you raise, bright, uh, raise godly and bright children? In 2018, I will read the Bible. I will read a Bible story every night to my children. Do you see that now? You give it more. It comes down to much more um, accessible, concrete tasks. Or, I want to improve healthcare in Nigeria. Okay, in 2018, I will seek to raise a 300 naira, a million naira investment to improve our healthcare services, maybe for your own, so that I can show a standard. I want to reduce child slavery in Nigeria. Fine. In 2018, I will ensure I serve a six month internship in a notable NGO to build. And maybe at that point, I'm trying to do my registration, I'm trying to do all of those things. And so on and on and on. I, 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 how will you beautify the world and people via uh, African prints? In 2018, I will ensure we open our Instagram page with 1,000 photos of our work ready. There is nothing worse than opening an Instagram page and not having pictures ready. Be prepared. And then finally, I want to be a better Christian. Really? I hear people say this all the time. All the time. In 2018, I will purchase a devotion to use with my spouse daily. Guys, why do you exist? Again, don't, I, ultimately, we want to be with Jesus Christ forever. Ultimately. In this church, that's what we preach about most of the time. But in doing that, if you put your faith in Christ, there's a long time before you get there, hopefully. A long time. Well, we don't know when Christ comes. Maybe he comes tomorrow. But usually there is. God didn't just save us just to go and be with him eternally. He wants to demonstrate with the power of his spirit in us his ability to bless this world through us. And that's why you take responsibility. So make sure you write these goals down. Take some time. Don't rush into, uh, out of it, but also don't take forever. Don't let me meet you in February and say you are still writing your goals down. Maybe your goal then is to be able to have an effective system that helps you write goals down. I don't know. <laughs> but having goals themselves, as some of us will know, is not enough. You've written goals before. We need something else. Number two, determination. Notice, it says, Jesus resolutely set out to Jerusalem. Notice what he did not say. He did not say, Jesus set out to Jerusalem. Jesus did, how did he set out to Jerusalem? Resolutely. The word there, that resolutely, or you can, where we can also get resolved from, it describes determination in the decision. Because you can say, well, I'll write a goal down. But I write a goal down because everybody, you know, 2018 is the year of focus. Everybody's writing goal down. I don't want to be left out. You don't really believe in it. You just are doing it. In fact, when you wrote it down, you wrote it down, some of you are writing down on one small sheet of paper that you've torn. 
within one or two days, by the time he enters this jeans pocket, you don't wear the jeans for three months, you won't find it again. If it's something that's very serious, you put it in the place that you know you would always see. But that only comes because you are determined. Let's face it, we don't always want everything in the same way. Do we? Some of us want or like to come to church occasionally. But we really, really, really love to watch Big Brother Nigeria. In fact, how do I know? Because with church, you don't set time to wake up. With Big Brother Niger, you carry that thing called the remote, and you put set time. I'm not talking about, okay, Big Brother Niger will have a, a station for itself, have it? So not that one, they review, they have a review program. You set timings, and you don't just set time for today, you set time for uh, that thing. You set for all the other episodes. Record, no, is it record, okay, yeah, thank you, Faye. You record, not the recording, Abi. Reminder, uh, idea is neat. What's wrong with you people? You said, why? Because the determination was there. This Jesus that we hear, that he says he resolutely set out. In Isaiah 50, when the prophet is speaking about Israel's Messiah, who we eventually know as Jesus, right? He says something about him in, in verse 7. In verse 7, on account of the fact that he knows that God is his help, he said he did something. He set his face as what? A flint. I, therefore, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, have I what? Set my face like a flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. What's a flint? Who knows? That's, we like to quote that verse. Who knows what flint is? Okay, if you don't know, if you, uh, now you said it. I want to disgrace them. Now, if you don't know what flint is, raise up your hand, but now everybody knows. What's a flint? Eh? Is it sharp? It's not always sharp, but it's okay. Do we know what, okay, you can, I know you have been a Christian for 25 years. You've quoted that verse all the time, but you don't know what flint is. I set my face like a flint. All right, fine. Do you know what a flint is? No. See, loud and proud. No! This is why I'm here today. That's my job. You know it. Some of us used to play with it. I hope you didn't throw it on anybody. It's a very difficult, hard stone. You know that stone? You don't know. If you don't, I don't. Maybe you are living in uh, Accra or somewhere. I don't know. But actually, you will find it a lot in Accra. A flint is a, is a sedimentary, cryptocrystalline form of mineral quartz. That is geograph a geological jargon to say that it's very, very hard. Very hard. It has been formed over millions and millions of years. If you know anything about your, remember your geography, quartz are very, very difficult, hard, because through um, extreme heat under the earth, it has been able to get so difficult. When it says that the Messiah set his face as a flint, that shows you the kind of steely determination that is had. If you have to be determined, though, you are going to have to face two enemies and try to overcome them. You know what those two enemies are? Drifting and quitting. Drifting and quitting. I'm being very, very inspirational today, I know. I know. Because I found out, let me tell you the truth. Let me tell you the truth. I found out, yes, you preach Jesus, you do all of those things, fine. But people are lazy. Or people are just badly informed. 
And you will suffer in your Christian in your Christian life. I'm not even talking about in your trying to grow in gospel-centeredness. You will suffer without rhythms. Jesus' life was full of rhythms. And so, yes, I'm unapologetically inspirational today. Back to it. Don't quit. Don't drift. Don't quit and don't drift. What causes drifting? What causes drifting? Now, first thing, let me say this. Because I'm saying don't drift, or let me say what drifting is. Drifting is a gradual loss of direction because of disturbances. Gradual loss of direction because of disturbances. Whereas, quitting is a sudden loss of direction because of difficulties. So one is gradual, the other one is sudden. Now, because you have to focus, this does not mean that you don't deal with everyday life's uh, items. Don't say, Bola, uh, 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 when are you going to pick children? Can you leave me alone and focus this year? Eh? Muiwa, muiwa, ah, this trash, uh, uh, this trash needs to be taken out. Damoe, I'm focused on bigger things. Still take out the trash, Mr. Focus. I don't know, which we are all focused, we are the same word, so just... It doesn't mean you are not focused on it. Neither does it mean you should be insensitive. Get out of my way because I'm focused. You know why? Because Jesus on his way to Jerusalem still had to deal with issues. He still had to deal with healing requests. He still had to teach. He still had to deal with the disciples' questions. He still had to deal with cunning Pharisee questions. He still had to deal with all of them. Luke 13 verse 22. Then Jesus, at this point, this is 13, so he's moving on. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as, he's ma- as he made his way to Jerusalem. He still had to deal with it. You're still going to have to deal with the important, legitimate things that you have to do. But here's the point. Because you are focused, those things will not redirect your attention. If Jesus said, ah, there are so many people to heal here, there are so many people to heal, I need to park here. You know what would have happened? Eventually, he would have been redirected from Jerusalem. Maybe he would settle in Bethany. Why? Because there are many people to heal here. There's a difference between being focused on a particular goal and therefore, and then dealing with issues, than hoping to be focused on a goal, but when all these issues come, you are now disturbed, and now those issues become your goal. Ensure that you are not redirected. There is nothing. Remember what the Bible says about double-minded people? They are unstable. They can't achieve anything. Why? Because today is that mind. That is that mind. Another way for him setting out is that he set his mind. You are not double-minded. Again, not being, being single-minded does not mean you don't deal with the other things. It means that now you are on a road, as Jesus was on a road to Jerusalem, he could... He could he could do this here, he could do this here, but he's moving forward. He's moving forward because he's determined. Second thing is, if that's what disturbances bring, then difficulties bring quitting. Now, guys, let me say this. Again, maybe sometimes this is where some inspirational messages go off board. There will be difficulties. And that is not because I just heard some word from God. That's just life. It's just life. People get Alzheimer's. People get into an accident. The way you plan for that business, it, even though you did your whole feasibility studies, it just didn't work. You had a great CV, but you still didn't get the job. Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, by the time he even gets to Jerusalem, he knows the enormity of what is going to come. 
And it's almost as though he's on the cusp of quitting. He called his disciples, those ones who are not even going to face what he was going to face, but those ones, ah, because man, time had gone, they slept. They just slept. But Jesus prayed. When he knew he was faced with this thing, he prayed. What did he say? He said this, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be. In other words, if you are willing, it was difficult. But he didn't quit. But notice, what did he do? He prayed. In fact, Isaiah 50 said, because I know that the sovereign Lord helps me. If you are not going to quit, this is where we as Christians are Christians. We pray to God, you are not called to do this on your own. Even determination is not just by saying, I'm determined, I'm determined, I'm determined. That's absolute nonsense. You need God's help for determination itself. You need to be able to come to God and God say, I tried this in 2015. I resolved in 2016. I, and I didn't do quite well in 2017, but I need your help. I don't want to be disgraced. Do not put me to shame. You need determination to not drift or quit, to, but to achieve, I hope, your stated goals. I hope you're stating those goals in 2018. Guys, I don't want us to be naive. The present good feelings you are having now, some of you are having good feelings this year, 2018, I'm definitely getting, all those good feelings will be tested by disturbances and it will be tested by difficulties. Don't drift, don't quit. Now, if you've clearly articulated your, uh, 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 having a clearly articulated destination requires determination, right? We've said that. But determination requires something else, dedication. Now, remember, back to the text. Je it says what? Jesus resolutely set out for... Ah, are you there? Jesus resolutely set out for where? Now, notice what he did not say. He did not say Jesus resolutely thought about Jerusalem. Yeah? It, just, it wasn't just that he... he Ah, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How wonderful. In fact, in fact, we know what he said when he was talking about Jerusalem, Jerusalem. It wasn't good things that came. It wasn't that he was just thinking about, thinking about it. I'm determined. I'm determined. We're going in. We are charged. Fully turbocharged. One, five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Oh, yeah, go now. You see, Jesus' mind was not the only thing that was engaged. His will was engaged as well. True focus expects consistent action in line with your professed determination. Let me put it another way. Destination answers the question, what do you want? Determination answers, how much do you want it? But dedication answers, what will you do to get it? In other words, it's not just one thing writing a goal. For some of you who write business plans or something, after you've written your business plan, you say the vision of what this place is going to be, you set what the goal, the goals that we want to achieve, what's the next thing you must do? There must be a strategy, right? There must be, here are the steps that then we're going to take. And in January, we're going to do this. In you, there has to be, therefore, when you do that, you then have to go ahead and do those things. One word that, the key ingredient to dedication, you know what it is? It is called a word we don't really like, but I'll say it anyway because I have the power to do so. It is called discipline. 
I have never met an indisciplined person that actually ever achieved anything worth noting. Whether in the secular space or the Christian space. I have seen many, there was a pastor once that was asked, a very fantastic pastor, he preached a message. And after he was an old man, after he preached the message, there was one young guy that was there in the seat. I'm like, man, this message was bad. I said, okay, if only I have enough time to prepare. So he went to meet the old man at the end of the message. He said, he said, how long did it take for you to prepare that message? So he's thinking, uh, maybe 16 hours or you know, 25 hours, because the guy was doing like maybe 18 hours a week. 18 hours. Oh, the man looked at me. Oh, he took me 35 years. Consistent action over a long period of time. That's dedication. Some of us that take care of babies, what do you do? What, what, what does taking nurturing a baby mean? Constant early wake up. Constant daily diaper changes. Isn't it? Eh? Ah. Okay, no, uh, but I mean that... Uh, I'm like, ah, but I know Moyo now. She turned out well. <laughs> what are you doing every week or something? So in the da daily, but daily you change like seven or eight. But you are constantly, daily, you are daily feeding them. You are daily patting them. Notice that word. Daily. It's consistent. You say you are dedicated to them because daily you keep doing the same thing over and over again. You channel your effort, you focus your effort on the same thing consistently. Let me tell you, do you know, indisciplined or lazy people, they're not indisciplined or lazy because they don't, or uh, not only, but they're not indisciplined or lazy just because they don't put in the uh, effort. Actually, it's not that. Most times, it's because the effort is not targeted. It's, you, you, you understand what I mean? They put in effort here, then they put in effort there, and they put in effort here. So this one that is their main responsibility, you now say, why didn't you show up on time? Why didn't you turn up on time? I was tired. And it's true, they are tired. Why? Because they have scattered their whole effort in many different directions. This one, I often tell the staff, if you want to achieve stuff for the week, sometimes when I write my whole thing for the week, there are small tasks, you know small tasks, send email to this person, pay that person. Then there are larger tasks, right? This one about write the, uh, the strategy for this particular thing. So let's say you have 20 tasks, 20 uh, small tasks, and five large tasks in, in, in the week. I say this. If you say, ah, I want to do the big things first, so that when I get them, I'll do the small things, most likely you will achieve only one or two big things in the whole week. Why? Because what you do is that this first big one, maybe it's over 10. I put in two over 10 there, aha, uh -huh, today. And then that, uh, that same day, you put 1 over 10 this one. 2 over 10 there, and then 2 over 10. That's 6. You put in an effort of 6, collective effort of 6. How many of them have you completed? Eh? Whereas, if you took, out of that 6, take 4. Put it in one big effort. And each of those small efforts just requires 1. What will you have done? You will have completed 2 things, and you will have been almost halfway through 1. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes laziness... When you look at people and say, why didn't you do this thing? Why didn't you get this done? And the excuses keep coming. Because I was tired. If you know I did this this morning, and I did that, and I, my friend, you are not achieving anything. Why is it that many times, and I say this, do you know the biggest problem I find with people that are not growing spiritually? 
The biggest problem, if you come and meet me, and some of you are bored, you are bored to death about this thing, because I have no innovative idea. If you say, I'm not growing spiritually, I will ask you, how often do you read your Bible and pray? Simple. It, it, there's no, there's no, God is so gracious to us, that he's made it so simple. It, there's no magic formula. There's no, look, there is no spiritual injection that is going to take your problems away. Read your Bible and what? When? Every day. If you want to. If you want to. If you want to. Oh, oh, oh. The answer is so simple. Our biggest problem is that we are not dedicated enough to anything that we are determined for. There is not enough dedication. But dedication requires what? Discipline. Discipline requires what? Consistency. Because consistency and discipline is the only way you master anything. The problem with scattering your efforts is that you become a jack of all trades and what? Master of none. You can't. I want to be a, I want to be a, a children's coordinator, uh, some, something NGO. But I also want to be an entrepreneur. Okay, if I bring them together, I can be a social entrepreneur. But I, can also, I also want to be a speaker. But if I'm a speaker, I can also be a therapist. And so today, you started the course of, thera uh, of doing this uh, kinetic therapy that is about 10, 10 modules. But ah, ah, once I put ACCA new, ah, because I have to understand the, okay, let me start the ACCA too. You put yourself in this. And before you know it, you are 48. <laughs> and I want to play the piano as well. And therefore, you are now not known for anything because you cannot achieve anything. You've not achieved anything. And you don't achieve anything because you have not been dedicated to anything. Because you are not putting consistency and regularity to those things. Guys, 2018, if we are going to be focused, we've got to have a destination and a goal clearly articulated. But we have to have one that we are de uh, determined about. And therefore, we put in the dedication. Now, there's one more thing. There's one more thing. But I can tell you this. If you put those three things to work, you'll be, at, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be amazed as to what you can achieve. You'll be amazed as to what you can achieve. And remember I've said this. It's not because there are no issues. There are no things that you face. No. But this question then comes, what if I fail or succeed? What if I fail? Or what if I even succeed very well? But let's start with failure. What if you fail? In fact, what if I fail in 2018? Then that means you didn't follow my fantastic three steps to success. So start again. Now, for some of you, that actually may be true. No, it may be true. You never got to determination. If I meet you and say, ah, and I ask, what, what are your goals? Say, ha, ah, I don't know where I put it. I wrote it down. I'm serious. I'm not lying. <laughs> okay, then I now say, okay, Emmanuel, how far would this go that you, 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 you wrote down that you told me about? How far? There was somebody I told last year. I told her that December last year, I said she wanted to do a business. I said, write a business plan. She said, okay, I will. I said, write a business plan. I said, I, will. I said, okay, you know what? When you, because she hadn't, after uh, four weeks, she hadn't started. I, start, I said, the most difficult thing is to start. I said, when you get home today, go to your computer, open a word page, write title. 2017 business plan. Press save. Go to bed. You will have started. Say, so, okay, that thing took her three months to do. <laughs> you think I was going to ask her any question again after June? No. So if I meet Emmanuel now, Emmanuel, how about that thing you said you wanted to achieve? You said, ah, 
I've not started, but Femi, I'm determined. And it is April, but you've not even started. So many of us need to hear those three things. But let me say this, and this is what a lot of inspirational speakers will not tell you. It is still possible to do those three things and still fail. And still fail. And here's a danger. If you put in so much effort, you followed all the steps, and you didn't, you, the danger is that you start to designate yourself as a failure. I focused. The steps were there. Even after the three steps, I found that those three steps each have four steps. I did the 12. And it still didn't work. I prayed. So it wasn't like I was determined on my own. God gave me the fire. And it still didn't work. I know why. When you see me, don't call me Femi. Just call me failure. That's what happened to Naomi. Don't call me Naomi. Just call me Mara. So in other words, on account of what you did, you designate yourself with a new identity. Don't do that. Because here is where Christianity now differs from every other thing. Christianity says, don't, you are not someone, you don't have the same identity because you failed in your focus. Actually, Christianity says that you are already a success because someone focused and succeeded. Remember, even though I've used this text as an example, that is not the main reason why this text is written. In other words, this text is not mainly written to show you principles. This text is not, really, is not there really to show you Jesus focus. It will be missing the point if I just said Jesus focus and then you focus, actually. That's not the main reason. It's something we can draw from text, but it's not the main reason. This text is meant to show you this. Jesus focused. Now focus on Jesus. Let us now keep our eyes on Jesus. Who? The author and the of our faith. Because let me tell you, there's a task you cannot achieve. The biggest task of all that we all need is to be with the Lord forever. But that's not a task that is given to us. Why? That is what Jesus went to do at Jerusalem. Jesus setting his face to Jerusalem was to go there. You see, Jerusalem was the the, the place he was going to use to take up to heaven. But what was his journey through to go to heaven? He was going to go to the cross. And then he was going to go to the grave. And then from the grave, he was meant to resurrect. And from resurrection, he was meant to what? Ascend. Because Jesus died and rose again, you don't focus on the calling he's called you to do to prove whether you're a success or not. You focus on that calling starting as a success, a success in him. The ultimate failure is to burn in hell. And if you are in Christ, you will not burn in hell. You are already a success. And so on account of that, you can boldly, you don't feel like, hey, hey, there are many people now, especially young men I find, they cannot do things. They are so filled with fear. But why did the Son of God come? He came to demonstrate love, the greatest love, because that love, perfect love, does what? Cast out fear. Christians are people who are not meant to live in fear. Not because the bad things will not happen to you. It's that even though the bad things happen to me, the worst thing can never happen to me. Why? Because Jesus kept his focus. Yeah. 
And so now, Jesus is calling us to do wonderful things in 2018. For some of us who are stay-at-home moms, that is to raise the best godly children that you have. For some of us in our place of work, whether we are not the ones who are, we are not the founders of the place, is to be the most dedicated worker that you can be. For some of us that God has given platforms and, and um, 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 a, a big opportunities and influence, it's for you to steward that influence to the best that you can do it. But you never use that thing to define yourself. Because if you didn't fail and you succeeded, you are going to say, I am somebody and all those people that did not succeed. You know what? Every time you meet everyone and they don't succeed, you know what you say? It's because you're not focused enough. Because you're not focused enough. And we use that to become judgmental. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com City Church. Love Jesus. Love people. Love Lagos.